Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Kelly Driscoll. In this episode, you'll hear part one of my conversation with social worker and University of Alaska Anchorage alumna, Eva Gregg. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. In today's Digication Scholars Conversation, we talk with Eva Gregg, an Alaska native, University of Alaska Anchorage graduate, and now social worker. At Digication, we have come to know and admire Eva and her work over the years. Eva Gregg first caught our eye when she so authentically documented her personal story in an e-portfolio at UAA, Eva's Life Journey. Since then, she has co-presented as a keynote speaker at a prestigious national conference, and we've even had the honor of meeting and talking with her in Alaska. Today, she shares with us the deeply moving personal journey that she has confronted head-on and documented in her UAA e-portfolio. Eva's story is poignant, to say the least, and so we take this time to share with you her journey of resiliency, perseverance, and rising above in order to give back. Before we begin, it's important to mention that some potentially triggering topics are discussed regarding drug and alcohol abuse, violence, grief, and loss of family members. Eva Gregg. Welcome to the Digication Scholars Conversation Series. It is so wonderful to see you today. Hi, Kelly. It's so good to see you too. And thank you for having me today. Oh, thank you for this opportunity to speak to you. Um, It just feels like lifetimes ago that we got to see each other in person. And... um, I'm just thrilled to have the chance to to see you and and hear your story. And um, I, every time I talk to you, I feel like my heart expands. And um, so thank you. Um, so I wanted to start the conversation off today uh, referencing the powerful quote that you have right on the front page of your e-portfolio. Um, and that portfolio is aptly named Eva Gregg's life story that you created while you were a student at the University of Alaska Anchorage. And um, it has just been such an inspiration for what we do here. Um, but right on that front page of your e-portfolio, you say, my story will die if I don't tell it. So I wanted to give you the opportunity today to to tell us your story. So I was, as you talked about the quote on the very front page, I'm like, what quote was that? (laughs) But yeah, my story will die if I don't tell it. And uh, um, it's a story of... Lots of pain, lots of victories, lots of experiences that um, each and every one of those instances or pivotal moments um, have shaped me into the person, into the woman that I am today. And, And if I took one of those things away, whether it be a good one, a good experience, an awful experience, um... 
then I wouldn't be who I am today. I know that. Um, it's like, you know, I can't enjoy the sun without the rain kind of thing. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm always spiritual about it. Like, right now is a really hard time in my life. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, the thing I do is I just, I do what I have to do. No matter how tired I am or how sad I am or or how happy I am even for that matter. Um, Eva published a powerful ePortfolio as a UAA student which described life of tragedy and difficulty as well as perseverance, motivation, and redemption. She starts at the beginning of her story. My name is Eva Gregg. I'm 53. I'll be 54 here soon. I am the first daughter of my parents, their only daughter. Um, my parents have been married since September 8th, 1962. I was born in 67. Um, and I grew up in a time in the 60s. And, well, I was born in late 67 or early 67, raised in the 70s and 80s during a time when it wasn't it wasn't cool to be, you know, a person of color, Alaska Native, in Alaska. Um, but, you know, I was young and I wasn't aware of how the history of Alaska was impacting and influencing my own life. Um, I just knew I was living it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so... Uh, High school was, you know, so I went to school in Kotzebue, Alaska, and from one end of the school to the other was kindergarten to 12th grade, and it was a huge building, um, by my standards, anyways, like, so anyways, uh, I grad, I was supposed to graduate in 1986, and I dropped out in 11th grade three weeks before 11th grade was over, and what happened was, is that I had found... Um, some friends who were engaging in risky business, you know, behaviors and, and experimenting with drugs and alcohol. And I fell in, um, you know, I remember going, I remember being in second grade and we were doing a project with, uh, Sandy Cruz, my second grade teacher. And it was, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, when there were posters, you know, on the wall and someone wanted to be a princess and someone wanted to be a doctor and a lawyer and, and on and on, you know, an acrobat. Um, but I don't remember one kid ever saying, I want to grow up to be a drug addict and alcohol and mess my life up and all the people's lives that are in, intertwined into my own, right? So that wasn't how I started off. But that's where I went. I uh, was fully alcoholic by the age of 18, um, well into pain pills at the age of 21 after a tubal pregnancy operation and was introduced to pain pills. At 28, I was introduced to uh, crack cocaine, and that lasted until I was 42. Um you know, and I could get a job, but I couldn't keep a job, right? I just, 
I couldn't because I was I was not healthy in my head and in my heart and my soul. Um, so I'd get the job, and a couple of weeks in, after a couple of paychecks, you know, the party would be on, and I wouldn't show up to work, and and I made lies, and you know, and, and that whole process of of living that alcoholic life and that destructive way of living, um, I systematically destroyed who I was and who I um, wanted to become and for every uh, bad decision I made you know like I was pushing the line right like this is a behavior that I shouldn't be doing but I'm gonna I'm gonna break that boundary and do it anyways and and each time I did that left a stain on my soul right and I had no idea that I was like collecting a like a satchel of stains to carry around you know mm -hmm. and and be, let it become my beast of burden right so um the more bad decisions I made the more I drank and the more I drank the more bad decisions I made you know and life was really of my own making, I take total ownership of what I did to myself and what I did to others. And eventually, um, I ended up on the radar of Office of Children's Services in Alaska. And I had, was given the ultimatum, show up for this meeting or lose your kids, right? And so I showed up to the meeting and, and I remember in that meeting, my mom was there, my sister was there, my young, my younger brother was there, you know, all the authorities with the Office of Children's Services were there, and they started with the introductions to my left, and my mom went first, and they went around the room introducing each other, and I'm like, I could lie to, I could lie to her and make her believe my story. He, him, not so much. He might not buy my, you know, my BS. You know, and I was sizing them up. I was sizing mm -hmm. the people in the room up like that. Who could I fool and who I couldn't? And what do I have to say to fool those who I couldn't? Right? And I'm formulating my my own introduction as I listen to people half-heartedly. And then it became my turn. And um, here's what came out of my, my mouth. Hi, my name is Eva. I'm an alcoholic and I need help. Like, that was not what I was, that was not what was going on when my gears were shifting. They're like, find the lie that you can tell so you can get out of this and go home and do what you're going to do. Whatever that is, whatever that looks like. Um, Very different but I wasn't words prepared. out of your mouth. <laughs> Another exactly. pivotal moment. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea, like, as soon as I said it, I was like, what was wrong with me? Why did I say? But those were exactly the words that were supposed to come out of my mouth at that time. And I had no idea. <clears throat> and so that started this whole process of getting into treatment and going to treatment and going to AA. And um, that was really the beginning of my recovery. Um, but it's. You know, the the first time I really ever looked at myself and the kind of person that I I was was when my oldest daughter told me she was pregnant. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, like, I've been such a bad mom to the two that I have. Like, what's going to happen to the my next generation of family, right? And so um, 
when I sat down on, on, on my mom's steps, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to help raise a kid, you know, my grandkid. And so, um, you know, the universe put it into action where I ended up under the scrutiny of OCS, right? And um, that began my journey of recovery. And so I have been alcohol-free since December 7th of 2009. And my grandson was born December 25, 2009, right? And I was, a year later, I was given uh, custody of him. And three years later, I adopted him. So now he's my grandson. He's still my grandson, but legally on paper, he's my son. Um, so now I have, right, I have another generation to raise, and I'm still not healthy. Um, I took away the alcohol, right? I took away the alcohol, but some of the other behaviors were still, like, revolving around my life and, and directing it in a way because of these bad behaviors. In the first couple of years of recovery, my, although I wasn't drinking and I wasn't using drugs, like, home life was still chaotic. Um, and it took a few years for us to get past that point of, um, living like that, yelling at each other and, and being dysfunctional. And, and now life is, um, for the most part, pretty peaceful. Uh, we don't live in chaos like we used to. So there's improvement there. Then, then I decided, I started thinking about, you know, I survived over 30 years of alcoholism and drug addiction and all the negative things that come with that. Domestic violence, being beaten, being raped, being homeless, um, feeling unworthy, feeling unloved, feeling unlovable, feeling like my life had no significance whatsoever. Like, um, so... Okay, now I'm not drinking, and I survived all that. Now what? Like, I remember, so I'd gotten married and divorced, and then we moved to Palmer, and I'm thinking about that, you know, like, I survived all that, those things, and but now, you know, I'm washing a dish, and I'm like, why did I survive that? And, and mid-wipe through the, you know, of the dish, I was like, Oh my God, I survived that. So I can help someone else out of that situation. But how do I do that? Because in the Western society, um, unless you have some acronyms after your name, someone's story is just a story, right? So I started contemplating, how am I going to help people? And I decided After persevering through hardship and staying sober for five years, Eva decided that the best way to help people was to become a drug and alcohol counselor. Embarking on that path, she enrolled at the University of Alaska Anchorage, which is where we first met Eva as a student working on her Digication ePortfolio, Eva's Life Journey. In the next segment, Eva describes this journey towards a degree. So that began my, my second go around at college. At, a, at University of Alaska Fairbanks. The first time I went was back in the mid-90s, and, you know, I was um, just 
really getting started drinking and, and using illicit illegal drugs and I plunked two semesters. And so what I say there is that my alcoholism, so when I was going to college in the 90s, I, I was bound and determined to be a certified public accountant. I was good at numbers. And what I say these days is my alcoholism saved me from a CPA degree. <laughs> I look at accounting and I'm like, I don't even want to crunch numbers. <laughs> and so I um, started back up at UAA. I was under, um, proba- I was on probation for failing back in the 90s, and I had to write appeals and get more than the regular amount of recommendation letters and yada yada, jump all through the hoops. So I started that education in October of 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and I graduated of May. 2019 I've made um but through my years of going to school it was not you know it was not a walk in the park I enjoyed it I mean I loved being a student um but there you know life happens along the way you know life still happens even when we have these great plans right sober or not um so one of the things that happened was we were talking about the last time we saw each other was May of um, 2017. Was it 17? I think. Yeah, 2017. Um, and We'll fact check that later. <laughs> right? But I think it was May of 2017. Or 16. 16 or 17. Anyways, you and Jeff came and, and my sister had passed away. And we didn't get to spend time with each other. Um, And it was right at the end of the semester that year. And so, you know, I had made it through finals and waiting on grades. And my sister died. Um, And so, um, you know, we had, as a family, we dealt with that. And later to rest and... um, Life continued, right? Life always continues. Uh, no matter how unfair or how fair it is for anyone. And I know your family is so central to your life. Um, I see all of the pictures that you've shared in your, your portfolio and stories you share on Facebook and um is there anything particular about your connection to your family that you feel like might have been pivotal to your choice to go back to school and, and what you were thinking about doing later? Um, my family, um, I tell, I say this a lot, everything I do, I do for my babies. Um, and that also includes my parents and my siblings, Mm -hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, that's all I really have. I mean, I may have a degree on the wall, but it's not going to snuggle me 
you know, it's not gonna, <laughs> so it's not gonna hug me in the time of need or you know, in a moment of triumph, right? Um, so everything that I do, I really do because I really love my parents and I really love my children yeah. and my siblings as well, and you know, nieces and nephews. I wouldn't be here. I mean, my parents should have gave up on me a long time ago for all the situations I made them live through because of my actions or inactions, right? But they didn't. I mean, because they're parents, right? And (laughs) we don't give up on our kids. No matter how, you know, what road they're going down or how difficult it is that road they're traveling down is to to watch them travel it, right? Like my my mom never gave up on me. My dad never gave up on me. Um, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for my family. In 2017, in recognition of her moving story and hard work, Eva was invited to speak in the closing plenary of the Association of American Colleges and Universities Forum on Digital Learning and ePortfolios. The video of that presentation with Paul Wasco is linked in the description of this episode. The next while, Eva and Kelly talk about the content of that presentation, focusing on her community's history and her personal history. Um, and I know when you were presenting at the ePortfolio Forum at the um, American Association of Colleges and Universities annual meeting, uh, you were speaking about how some of the experiences that you have had are very sadly experiences that many in your community have because of the, the history that's happened there. Could you share some of that part of your story as well? I feel like it's quite integral to, to who you are. Okay, so um, this is the face of aces. I have a score of 10 out of 10 for ACEs. ACE, or Adverse Childhood Experiences, involves an assessment looking into the extent of those adverse experiences. A high score is a risk factor of those adverse experiences during childhood negatively impacting adult life. So that means I've seen someone beaten, go to jail, my son was murdered, um... My uncles were sent to boarding schools. Um, Alcoholism rages in my family like a prairie wildfire. Um, So the history of Alaska hasn't really been, you know, as pristine as it's portrayed, right? And so a lot of the historical trauma... um, the great death, right? The pandemic of, or epidemic of uh, 1918, 1905, actually, 1905, right? Wiped out entire communities. Um, so there were children orphaned. Sometimes entire villages were gone because we didn't have the antibodies to fight whatever disease was plaguing us. 
racism, uh, oppression, voting rights, you know, that that all played a part in Alaska and the hist- in our history and our stolen lands and, and our murdered sons and our missing women and um, all of that. You know, I, I don't, I never thought about the connections of what happened a hundred years, two hundred years ago, how each domino since then has led to this conversation today. Um, it's, you know, by all rights and by all means, I shouldn't have my faculties about me. Um, and yet here you are. With a college degree, like all the odds that someone could ever have stacked against them were stacked against me. Um, you know, and, and a lot of people will say, well, don't air your dirty laundry. Well, I'm, Grandparents were alcoholic. My parents were alcoholic. I'm alcoholic. Um, it's not my fault that my grandparents or parents were alcoholic, but it sure was my decision, you know, to pick up and start engaging in those um, very detrimental behaviors that led to the stains that I have on my soul that, you know, I, I'm working, it's called a living amends. Mm. So I'm trying to do a living amends for some of the destruction and wreckage of my past. Um, I don't always uh, meet that mark, but I start my day off with how can I make life better this concludes part one of our conversation with eva gregg from university of alaska anchorage join us next week for part two to hear eva share how her journey strengthened her connection to her alaska native heritage be sure to subscribe to education scholars conversations on youtube itunes spotify or your favorite podcast app Digication Scholars Conversations is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative ePortfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. This episode was produced by Drew Albanicius and Jessica Chittam. Thanks for listening.